Hi, I'm Laura. Hey, I'm Stefan, and you're listening to Attributed, a podcast library by Dream Data. The purpose of it is to store and share all the knowledge that we have gathered across Dream Data employees through our LinkedIn Lives, podcasts, and webinars. The typical topics you'll find here can be stuff like marketing, sales, B2B ads, operations, social selling, maybe. Hello, everyone, and uh, welcome. Thanks for, for joining me and, uh, and Marcus. Marcus just came straight from another <laughs> meeting, so that's why we're just like one minute delayed here, but um, it's all good. I'm uh, yeah, super excited to, to talk to you today, Marcus, because you uh, sent quite an extensive uh, list of 10 bullets that uh, we can use to, to go through the fundamentals of, uh, let's call it account-based go-to-market or ABX. But before we but before we rush into it, Marcus, maybe let's just bring people up to kind of who are you and uh, what's your background and why do you know something about let's call AB ABX? Yeah, sure. Yeah. So first of all, uh, Stefan, thanks uh, thanks for having me. This is a great a great opportunity to discuss with you uh, about this. So yeah. So my name is Marcus uh, Starberg. I'm the CEO and co-founder of a company called Enrich. So we are an account based marketing uh, platform. Founded in 2016, so I've uh, been working with uh, like uh, through the transition of uh, like uh, of the B2B markets uh, from uh, B2B marketing from uh, let's say marketing automation driven uh, model to the account based marketing, and then eventually now uh, nowadays to the let's say account based go to market or, or or like a more holistic uh, sales and marketing marketing approach. Yeah, I would love to hear kind of how you got the idea to to start out and reach and the, the things you were doing there. Yeah, yeah, sure. So, so it's an, we saw that there is a clear challenge in the B2B market, um, you know, back in 2016, that companies were really, you know, focusing on offline, uh, on the events and uh, things like that, putting most of, most of their money on, not really on digital and uh, uh, emerging, uh, we, like, you know, we saw that this like account-based marketing is something which is potentially disrupting the whole, whole B2B marketing uh, environment, which it uh, eventually did. So we saw this problem. We saw that, uh, you know, these companies are really struggling. They have a lot of money typically uh, to, uh, to invest uh, on, on, on marketing, but the results we're not really that measurable, uh, yeah. and the lead generation model. It seems seems like that there's a lot lot of things that are broken, and then eventually we understood that this you know sales and marketing are not really collaborating together. There is like a big gap, huge gap between between both, and uh, like uh, you know what we've seen then over the you know past like uh, five years or so, like this has been there has been a lot of development in uh, in this area. Yeah, I can't imagine a time where people didn't do digital, but <laughs> it probably existed uh, uh, still. You sent me this quite good list, Marcus, and I think we should actually just stick quite strict to it. So I'll read out the, the first sentence you, you sent me, which is create a plan for 4x time versus your sales cycle. Target rollout to the entire overall go-to-market. What is it? Not earlier than in 12 months. But that sounds like you have to start like way before the, the sales need to need to land. Yeah, correct. Right. So, so let's uh, first uh, like uh, elaborate on the subject. So, so this is really about uh, like uh, if you're doing ABM already, uh, and even if you are not doing ABM, like uh, kind of a transition from ABM account-based marketing to an account-based go-to-market model, which uh, uh, we refer to here as ABX. So it means uh, like that you need to end up in a situation where sales and marketing are actually collaborating. They're part of the same process. So it's not just about marketing 
it's not just about the sales, but it's one uh, basically one process where mm. where both parties have a uh, have a role. And here, like uh, probably, it's kind of obvious why it takes so much time. But like many times, when especially when marketing leads these projects. Uh, there is no understanding of the fact that you know changes take time, and especially in the sales side, sales side, sales team side, it's a, it's it's a huge barrier in terms of like making them try to do things in a new way because you know they are used to doing things in a way that they yeah. are used to doing things, and uh, and it takes just so much time. This is just an advice for that I would give for anybody who is planning to do this, especially from marketing perspective, to understand that the change management is probably the biggest challenge uh, you will face, and especially on this like uh, changing of the processes of sales team. That's super interesting. Let's try to be a little bit low practical. So if it says. 4x and I guess the sales cycle in B2B would quite or like time spent in the CRM system would maybe be three months or something like that. Maybe yeah, that. I'd say probably like six months is, would be more of an average uh, that you we then, see uh, in the market. Obviously, it depends on, on the niche and each. Uh, like, I mean, if you have like a certain, uh, like a more transactional product, it will be slower. But, uh, I mean, shorter. But uh, yeah, I'd say like uh, this, uh, you know, two years is a good time frame for an average uh, average B2B company to, to Oh wow that's a, that's a long time why do you think this uh, so much time is uh, necessary to kind of adjust the course of how things are being done today well it, it of course depends on the company like some some can do it much faster if you take established companies uh, bigger companies the processes mm -hmm. are really like uh, you know established people do things like they are used to doing things and this this yeah. requires a, uh, like a major change and you can't expect quick wins i mean it's just not going to happen. Like, mm. don't expect that during the first quarter or even the first six months, you will you will actually, it will be probably like just very painful <laughs> during that time. You will get a lot yeah. of uh, negative feedback uh, and uh, like a lot of opposing views. Like, why are we changing? Why aren't we doing what we are doing yeah. right now? It, it's working just fine. And, you know, yeah. So it, it requires really like uh, this um, uh, strong decision internally like this is what we want to do and uh yeah that's that's why yeah. we always recommend to to just looking at it from a longer longer perspective yeah i was thinking in uh, in our world and dream data we we would be <laughs> the two years would probably be too long to implement something but I, I totally get when you're like an enterprise company that there's hundreds of processes rolling it takes the starting point for changing takes uh, a lot longer time than than for us smaller companies a bit in enrich you can turn around things quite yeah. as well Correct, correct. So I, I'd say like uh, when you go above, let's say 100 employees, then, then it will start like getting uh, more and more difficult. And then when you're already over 500 employees, you know, <laughs> it, it, it this starts to apply. So I'm, I'm not saying that if you are a startup, like early stage startup, that it will take two years. I mean, like uh, world will be a very different place for a startup in two years. But but like uh, this is more applying to a bit larger and established. Companies. Yes, you're referring to the, the internal time that it takes to change and not necessarily the time that it takes for marketing to have an impact, like run some ad campaign and then a lead comes in and then you, you sell. Yeah, uh, yeah. yes, yes. So, so that's a good good point. So this is definitely not about that. So this is not about marketing at all. Uh, I mean, it is about marketing as well, but it's about the <laughs> revenue. So so, so the question here is, is, is really about like uh, to build a process or processes that mm. involve marketing and sales. And it's not 
this uh, you know traditional funnel, but it's actually like a parallel process where marketing is going alongside uh, alongside the sales and uh, marketing is basically, or let's say the entire revenue teams know exactly what they should do at which stage of that life cycle or, or let's say the buyer journey of the uh, of the customer, what content should be used and 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 so forth. So obviously you can go live with something like a campaign or something like that, like tactical stuff really quickly, but that doesn't yeah. mean that you are doing ABX. That doesn't mean that you are transitioning from a, like, you know, let's say marketing automation driven model to an ABX or account based marketing to ABX. So that's just like running a campaign. So that's tactical. And uh, what's, uh, what I want to talk about here is, is really the strategic side of it. Yeah, uh, that, that makes sense, Marcus. Before we go to the next bullet, Marcus, do you, is there a particularly company type where ABX works well for or a particular market? that you are addressing that works particularly well or certain deal size that you should have in mind when you're thinking about this tactic? Yeah, yeah, this is a good, uh, very good question. So I would say usually the larger, the better. Uh, so, but as uh, maybe threshold, you can consider like an ACV annual contract value of uh, 50,000 or more. So if you are at 10,000, for instance, it probably isn't, mm-hmm. isn't like uh, yeah. uh, something that you should be considering yet at this point. So it will be more of an enterprise mid-market type thing where you are actually targeting targeting bigger deal sizes and yeah. bigger, bigger companies. Yeah. And I'd say, uh, I also want to address here the point that there are many companies who are already doing this very well. Mm-hmm. And especially in the US, you see a lot of uh, venture funded scale-ups who are doing this really uh, in, a, in a great way. They have uh, great sales development teams and uh, marketing knows exactly what to do, how, how to support it and so forth. But there are a lot of companies, especially in the, let's say, more traditional industries. This is like w- what I'm trying to address here, that this actually like, uh, it's, it's a B2B thing, not not just tech thing, not just software thing, not just hardware thing. It's, it's like for like entire B2B, uh, B2B go-to-market. So so whether you are like, you know, selling, you know, ships or or whether you are selling like uh, <laughs> servers or or like software, like, it is it is all applicable. Definitely. Yeah. So, uh, obviously, it's it's lower processes uh, with such uh, such companies, but yeah. that's also something I want to address address here. Yeah, I think that connects pretty well to your next point, meaning that ABX is not a or not just a marketing uh, initiative, mm-hmm. but it involves all the revenue teams. What Correct. does that mean Correct. for you, so, uh, Marcus? Yeah. So that's an uh, like uh, ABX. This is kind of the foundation that uh, it's not account based marketing. Uh, it is about involving first of all the sales. The marketing and sales should be the core teams, but then eventually potentially customer success, account management functions as well. So it should, this, this is something which is really related to the customer lifecycle and buyer journey. So all the functions that are touching the customer potentially mm-hmm. should be involved in, in yeah. this. That's the idea. So instead of like having siloed functions in which everybody does, you know, whatever they do based on their own processes, it should be one process, like one process which adjusts to the customer buying process. So when when there is an let's say early stage process, then you know sales probably shouldn't do anything. It should be a more of a marketing thing. But when there is a let's say later stage process, then it should be more of a sales thing where marketing supports and so forth. Yeah. It, it's it's not really rocket science, but it is really data driven. So you need first of all this account approach, account based approach, and then then you will need data in order to understand like what to do, like what's the next best action for each of the each of the companies that you are targeting. Yeah, and I, I think it's uh, when you know, but it it is quite logical in the sense that you know a company can only spend its money once, and if each team is running out in in different uh, directions, 
then you don't get as much impact and effectiveness out of the money you spent on marketing, on sales, and CS, and product, etc. But if you do this shared approach of ABX, then everybody runs towards the same targets. And then obviously you utilize the money you have for go-to-market much more effectively. Yeah, and, and I would bring here like another aspect, which is kind of uh, looking at this process from the customer's perspective. So how customer experiences this process. So when, when you have different teams sending different messages, not really knowing like what the other teams have done <laughs> previously, not really understanding like what they say. I mean, this is how it is yeah. in most, most companies. <laughs> then, then it's really confusing and chaotic for the, for the customer. And uh, probably uh, they'd be better off going with, with the competitor who is doing it, uh, it better. So it's, it's really like, uh, this is like a customer-centric data-driven approach. Yeah. Like this is what ABX fundamentally is about. <laughs> Sounds so terrible when you say that they have no clue what's going on in the different teams, but I know that's the reality sometimes. Number three, ABX is an outbound motion. Never confuse it with inbound or lead generation. Can you, do you define this one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so uh, if you look at the, um, let's say, I think one of the biggest problems in B2B marketing is that the digitalization started from the marketing automation. HubSpot was obviously like driving this uh, this change, mm. uh, you know, 10, uh, 15 years ago. Many companies are still like uh, kind of thinking that that's B2B marketing. That's, that's what B2B marketing is and there is nothing else to it. And uh, even if some companies are doing ABM at the same time, they might be doing, you know, one-to-one -one ABM, like the kind of these tactical things. And then when, like, we talk about ABX, when we talk about account-based go-to-market, like, or even account-based marketing, it, it, it easily ends up in this requirement that, okay, now let's do ABM and let's get more leads. But that's, uh, or, or like, let's, let's consider that, uh, like, that the data, which you, intent data that you get, that's similar to the inbound, uh, inbound, uh, like, motion, like, form fields that you're getting mm. uh, inbound. That's not at all like what this is about and what you should be targeting. So again, it's part of your overall, you know, ABX strategy. Inbound is definitely should be part of it. Lead generation should be part of it. But ABX is not equal to that. And that's not what should be the main metrics and or main way to, you know, measure like what is the impact of that, uh, of the ABX motion that you are, you are having. So it's, it's, it's fundamentally an outbound motion uh, in, a, in a sense that you are proactively, you know, affecting these buying processes of the customers instead of like uh, just kind of capturing the demand that is ex existing in that market. Yeah, I guess it comes like in that sense, it comes like you also select the accounts that you want to target and then you try to, to go for That's them in, a, in, a, in an outbound sense. But I think what you just said connects really well to your fourth bullet, which is kind of, okay, how do we then uh, measure these RI metrics? And uh, how do we understand whether we produce more pipeline and revenue through, through these tactics? So I'd love to hear kind of what are the typical things you see your, your customers looking at when they measure ABX uh, success? Yeah, this is, uh, this is good. So how do you measure the return on investment here? So definitely it should not be leads, uh, but uh, the question is like, okay, so what do we, what do you measure then? So obviously some of the data that becomes available. This is there's a lot of data involved in uh, in ABX. So some of the data, intent data, can be utilized by the sales, and that can turn into you know uh, an outbound motion. You might get opportunities, you might get leads and so forth. So that's one way, of course, uh, to measure it. But that shouldn't be the only way to measure it because that's, that's again, like that's just one small part of the, uh, of the overall yeah. uh, ABX motion. So what you should be looking into is like, what is the actual impact that your investments are having? You are touching the customer, which means that there's some kind of engagement mm. uh, from the customer, yeah. uh, uh, from, the, from the potential customer. And then like uh, the question is, 
how can you correlate this engagement into the opportunity data? So basically your pipeline. And then eventually when you can do that, when you can say that, okay, now we have engagement that we are generating with an account. And after, you know, two weeks, there's an opportunity or after one month, there's an opportunity. Okay. So we can connect these dots. We probably had an impact, even though it's not, you know, a straight line. It's not like first there's a lead and then this lead is converted, but there is an engagement from this account uh, related to a product or content related to a product, which is then like uh, uh, converting eventually into an opportunity. So that's the first. Yeah, step maybe we should just ca catch these. The, you have five target metrics in the, the pipeline or four. Awareness, engagement, conversion, and pipeline. So I guess it, it it's right. kind of like a, a waterfall when you've selected your accounts and then they they run through this kind of awareness, engagement, conversion, and and, and pipeline. Or... Yeah, this is a, this is a, actually it's, it's not really like a funnel. It's more of a like a, just to measure like how do you measure the like uh, these different stages, the kind of the customer is like going through these stages in their own buying journey. So always I recommend to look at it from the customer buyer journey yeah. perspective yeah. and then just think like, what what do you need to do in, in those stages? What do you need to achieve? So in the early stages of the journey, it's about awareness. Then it goes to uh, engagement. Like they start to get interested in your content. Then it's conversion, uh, which could happen by the sales or it could happen through the form field. But normally it's uh, it's in ABX, it's, it's, it's through the sales. Mm supported by marketing and then you have pipeline when you actually have an opportunity uh, open which then will move move forward and, and then it, it, it's really like in if you think about it from this perspective like in each of these stages you need different kind of content and you have different kind of metrics how you measure like uh, that you know awareness has been generated mm. engagement has been generated conversion was achieved uh, and then uh, then like uh, you know you convert the pipeline eventually into into one one opportunities i've never tried this but my Marketing brain is already spinning. I would what, wish to love, love to see, like put in a hundred accounts and then see how they kind of float through. But that's a that's a different conversation. Define account list level ICP for marketing and sales. Get buy-in from uh, from top management. I guess this is when uh, yeah. like when you get close to to starting out doing it for real. Correct, correct. So now now we are getting to the point that, okay, if the first point is that this will take 4x your sales cycle, you really need strong commitment that uh, internally that that this is something we want to do, this is something yeah, we believe yeah. in, this is something we want to make work. So you need top management buying, buying that's uh, that's for sure. Uh, of course, depends on the on the size of the company, what, what top management means, but typically it is uh, like at least the marketing and sales decision makers, but many times it would go all the way to the CEO and, uh, and, and maybe even, even to the board that this is something that, uh, that that you really want to that that we really want to uh, want to achieve and yeah. and do and here like uh, the about the account list level ICP uh, so this is uh, ICP is uh, is kind of would be a topic for a session of its own <laughs> so ideal customer profile yeah. Uh, but just very briefly means the definition of your ideal customers from typically from a firmographic perspective, like industry, company size, countries and uh, revenue and so forth. Okay. And there is some kind of reason why this ICP has been selected. It's either based on, you know, the sales sales team's experience or it's based on your actual opportunity data or you know there can be different like uh, ways to do it but the important thing here is that in order to do abx you actually need to go all the way to the account list level so you need to 
define those accounts. So it's not enough to have this, you know, definition of the ICP that, you know, it's uh, uh, this and that industry, this size and, and, yeah. and these like, you know, countries. And maybe there are some technographics and, uh, you know, which technologies they are using. And, you know, you can have different different sorts of things depending on your product. But the thing is that you actually need to define the list of the accounts. You need to, typically it should be in your CRM and everybody like the sales and the marketing and the top management also should be aware. Okay, this is the list. This, these are the accounts we are now focusing yeah, on. And yeah. it could be, you know, it's 5,000 accounts, 3,000 accounts, 1,000 accounts. So that everybody agrees that this is what we really want to focus in. It sounds like you actually have to know in theory all names of the accounts on that list. Where I know I've done lists Correct. where I've I've set this thermographic, but I haven't really thoroughly read through and checked the website of of every account. But like in, you would argue, in theory, then you actually need to know why is this account on on the list, right? Correct. That's that's the idea because otherwise this it becomes fuzzy. So everybody interprets the ICP in their own way, yeah. and uh, you know, is it an ICP or not becomes more of an opinion type thing rather than like you know solid account list. Which you know, the same account list is worked by each of all the, all of the revenue teams, and and it changes the picture completely yeah. because then everybody works towards the same uh, same goal. So ICP itself, it's not enough. You also mm. need to add the account list. Yeah. I think all of us can be guilty of skimming through that exercise sometimes. <laughs> okay. Use several intent data sources to determine the account level by a journey stage and the best next action. So there's a lot of, uh, if you're not in B2B marketing, there's a lot of <laughs> lingo here. Maybe you can like just plainly explain what, what it means, Marcus. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure, sure. Uh, sorry for that. So intent data basically means some kind of a signal of the behavior of the account, uh, which then tells you something about the current stage of their uh, buyer journey. So that's that's essentially what it is. And there are different different types of intent data available. So you have uh, so-called third-party intent data, which is coming from outside of your own context, in a sense. It's coming from third-party websites. G2, for instance, is a yeah. third-party intent data provider. Like uh, um, Enrich has, we have our own own intent data uh, called uh, Intent Hub. There are like uh, a lot of different providers there, like, uh, you know, uh, on the, on the third-party side. And then uh, in the first-party side, uh, it would be, for instance, your, website data, your advertising data, your sales data, your marketing automation data, your events data. So it's, it's kind of all these interactions where the customers customers are interacting with your content, uh, you know, your branded content, yeah. whereas the third party is more on the category level. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's what in, in the data essentially is. And, and I guess then like why, or the answer to why is because you want your like for if it's the salespeople, you want the salespeople to focus on the accounts that are expressing a strong intent for, for being in, in market right now. Whereas there's other accounts you would need to warm up further before it's worth uh, spending time on these. Yeah, you could simplify it uh, like this. <laughs> uh, so in a sense, we go we go back to the the, the awareness engagement conversion pipeline yeah. stages. That this intent data should be a signal that okay, this account is you know they are. Let's say that they are just simplified. They are not visiting your website, so they are not you know responding to your emails. They are not you know coming to your events. So probably they are quite quite cold. They are they are like uh, in a awareness stage or or so. And like you said, then probably that's not the first account that the sales should be yeah, should exactly. be focused. But then when you move forward, it, there is a, like an important point here, like especially if you think about like what the sales does and what the sales development does. So uh, what we, for instance, do is that we have uh, we're using outreach uh, as the, 
sales engagement tool. Mm -hmm. And in terms of the sequences that we are like uh, uh, using, uh, if the customer is in the engaged stage, we will have a longer sequence because we expect that in this uh, case, it will take a bit longer yeah. before yeah, they are yeah, ready, yeah. ready to buy. So the sales is already there. And when it's in the conversion, that means that they are hot and uh, it means that they are like really, it appears that they are now ready, ready to talk to ourselves. Then we have a shorter and more, you know, engaging more, more of a like a call to action type, type thing. So, so I, I just want to emphasize here again that this is not a funnel where First, there is marketing and then there is sales, but there is always like both of them may have a role. And it's, it's more about the content, like what kind of content and how it's being distributed to each of the accounts. Yeah, I bet you have this data uh, somehow in, at Enrich, but I would love to know how much it correlates with the real life. When you say that, okay, now this account is extremely hot, you should reach out. How often are they and then actually in market state or like in a, in a buyer buying process? You don't have to say whether you have this information or not, but uh, yeah, it would just be so cool to know. Yeah, of course, I don't have the exact numbers here, but uh, you can just think about it in a, in a very like uh, logical way. So if, if you see that there is an intensive engagement from an account, they are, you know, visiting your you know, pricing page several times and uh, and uh, like coming to your events and uh, then eventually probably probably they are also talking to your sales. So probably like these kinds of accounts uh, compared to accounts that don't have anything to do yeah. with you, they don't even know you. The conversion will be will be much higher. So uh, obviously we can see this yeah. uh, this correlation uh, very clearly. Super nice. Okay, the last three, Marcus. Um, ensure every team and channel are aware of the account buyer journey stage in order to use optimal content. You already touched it a little bit here, but maybe there's more to say. Yeah, just uh, just briefly, it's 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 really related to the previous point that that like uh, the question is how how do you like you have this account list of the icp so how do you kind of disseminate this information about the buyer journey stage within the organization and how does the organization react to this information so typically crm should be the source of truth uh, like that's uh, actually the last point there so i'll cover it here as well so you should this data and uh, you know the single source of truth should be the crm where you have this information about the stage of the buyer journey and Every team should use that as a kind of a Bible. So you should be sure that like before you take an action, whether it's a sales action, whether it's a marketing action, whether it's a customer success or support action, that they are aware that, okay, this is what the data says. This is the stage of the company. So this is what we should do in terms of the content. So should I be really aggressive? Like, you know, just try to convert them if I'm a salesperson yeah. or should I just be kind of nurturing them to, to kind of uh, use maybe some case study and just show how we are different or even like if they're in awareness, awareness stage and uh, like uh, there's still some kind of interaction. So should I just kind of talk to them about like what this category we are in is and, and why it's needed and why it's useful. Otherwise, it, it will just like be very counter, not really optimal because you will use content which is not really resonating and not really helping the customer. And then you are in this chaotic situation where everybody is just doing, you know, the same thing <laughs> for all the customer instead of personalizing. It. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Prepare for sales development and content processes to take the most time to tackle. Are you referring to the actual creation of the, of the content here? Yeah, yeah. So. So first of all, the sales development is the uh, is is one of the main reasons why it takes so so much time, especially if you don't have a sales development team like a DDR team or an SDR team yeah. uh, in place. So that will take safely a year uh, year to make that uh, that actually uh, that kind of motion actually uh, actually work. Obviously, you have there are different kinds of models, but like uh, when you use sales development, it it will take time uh, to make it work. Here with uh, ABX, uh, the data is not 
often on the contact level, so it's on the account level. And this brings a lot of challenges for the salespeople because they can only know that, you know, this is account is hot, but you don't have the yeah. contact. So it's not the same thing as an involved leader. But you need to build completely new processes and completely new, you know, maybe even like incentive substructures and so uh, so forth. So that's the first part. And the, then the other part is the content processes. So this is really tricky. Like creating the content itself is, uh, you know, it's not really about... The, the tricky thing is not to, not about creating the content, but how do you create content that is actually working optimally in each of these stages? So that will take a lot of time. So many times customers start with like, you know, one size fits all type of content. And then you need to end up with the kind of a matrix, especially if you have many different segments. Yeah. You might have like, you know, you have the customer journey stage, you have the different kinds of segments and you need content for all of those. So it, it, it could be that it will take take <laughs> a lot of time and you will never be perfect at the first attempt. So it needs to be a process that goes on and on and, and you continuously collect the data to understand like what is working and what is not and uh, improving. Yeah, and that probably also explains why the, like a great movement here takes time because if you don't have any of this content, you need to find out what should the content be. You need to produce it send it to an editor, send it to a designer and so forth. And that just takes time. Is there anything more to say to number 10 now? You briefly mentioned it, uh, Marcus. CRM should be the single source yeah, of so maybe, all data. Uh, yeah, so let, uh, just, just very briefly, this is our approach. This is what we recommend. So instead of integrating different tools, uh, like, uh, for instance, sales enablement or sales engagement tool and uh, account-based tool, or so instead of creating this, like, uh, you know, this maze of integrations, ideal way, in our opinion, is that you have just one place, mm. which can be used as a single source of truth, which is the CRM, and the integration should go through that uh, whenever it's possible. Of course, always it's not possible and that's not the best way to do it. But but with ABX, account-based data lives in the CRM. Uh, even if you have an uh, ABM platform, it still lives in the CRM. And that's where the, that should be the source of truth instead of the ABM platform or the, you know, the sales engagement tool or, or whatever you are using. So this is our, our recommendation. So that's, that's very important because then when, when you do that, then everybody knows that when I see something in the CRM, this is, this is the truth. And uh, you don't, you shouldn't have conflicting data in the different, uh, different <laughs> systems that are being, being used. Yeah. That probably means- which is also quite common, right? If we are to, um, yeah, at the end, I want you to explain what enriches and who should be considering uh, using it. But this ABX motion, can you share a few like motivating examples of what you've seen companies have achieved by setting out on, on this course? You don't necessarily have to name the specific company, but maybe some, some kind of uh, motivating uh, insights to this. Yeah, sure, sure. So it's a journey uh, which takes time, but there are good examples. So I can uh, just give example of a, of an enterprise customer of ours um, who was basically majority of their sales comes from about they they realize that majority of their sales comes from like a very small amount of accounts. This is a like a several billion dollar revenue company. So there is there are like uh, just. You know, this may be the Pareto rule, 20% of companies bring about 80% of revenue or so. But their marketing, digital marketing especially, was organized in a way that there's no difference between the accounts. Everybody is treated in exactly the same way. And the measurements were on uh, like a general level. So the, so the measurements were basically not taking into consideration, is it an important account or not? Mm. So what, what happened with them when they started moving to this process was that they realized that actually 
none of or almost none of their marketing investments were actually making any sense. <laughs> they were just kind of pouring money in the thin air, like just getting clicks, just getting you know visitors to, to their website, and just getting leads that never prob- uh, m- never ended up with the, with the sales because they were kind of disqualified or, or like two small companies. So that was uh, like uh, I think with collaborating with them like was a really interesting experience because it's it's a huge company and it took a lot of time uh, time to you know make this happen. But when it did, then eventually it was it was quite clear like that there was like fundamental shift in the overall approach that the company has kind of strategy a strategic uh, approach that the company has uh, to marketing in, uh, in in general they are not yet in the abx side which uh, i think in many cases for the enterprise companies it will take still many years before uh, before like they can get there but yeah that's uh, that's i think a good example of, uh, of uh, yeah i think there's uh, i think this. i think you're, you're so right for a lot of b2b companies they instead of like just spraying like or trying to boil the ocean with the with the little marketing budget they have they will be much better off by actually deciding upon who is the accounts that we we want to market to for real and make sure that the budget actually goes into generating awareness amongst these accounts so it's those people who show up on your website and not 20,000 other random people who has nothing to do on your on your website Exactly, exactly. In, in this case, we were talking about maybe 300,000 or 500,000 visitors on the website and eventually like finding out that like, you know, it was just a tiny fraction of them that were actually like relevant or in, in a sense from this uh, like uh, more more strategic uh, segments of, of, of theirs. Cool. Marcus, maybe just give us the, the quickest of pitches of uh, what is Enrich and who do you normally see as your most uh, happy and successful customers? Yeah, sure. Enrich is an account-based marketing platform. So we help customers to implement the what we have been talking about here, the ABM or ABX, uh, ABX motion to harnessing intent data. We provide our own intent data. And then also what we want, like to call ourselves is like a system of action where instead of just kind of passively waiting that somebody visits your website or shows up in your event, you can actually do something about it and proactively generate this intent. So we have a very strong account-based advertising component in our products. And in terms of like the customer uh, customer like uh, profile, so we focus really on it's it's actually quite widely from the B two B B two B perspective. When there is a need and interest in in like kind of going to more account-based direction, it could be like an enterprise company in a manufacturing industry or it could be it could be like a tech tech company which is like you know mostly uh, our customers are are like that you can identify this you know by if, if you have an, a sales development team usually like that's probably like a good good <laughs> uh, good qualifier of being ready yeah. for this kind of a more advanced approach but then on the other hand it could be that's like uh, it's just uh, uh, realizing the same thing as i mentioned with this customer that that they realize that that small part of the customers are or, or like the potential target audience is, is generating larger part of the of the sales, and then you know what to do about it, and uh, that's that's what 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 we help our customers to achieve. Is, is, should you think about a certain amount of list length as kind of uh, the determining factors? I'm imagining if it's below five thousand, uh, this tactic is probably good, but if it's above twenty thousand accounts, then maybe it's other marketing tactics that you want to go with. Correct. So so then I I don't really think that over ten twenty thousand 
is an ICP that's more of a, <laughs> like a very general market. So typically, typically like uh, it should be quite uh, quite narrow. But still, I mean, we are not. I, I want to emphasize that this is not enrich is not really ideal for if you want to just target one account or ten accounts or something like that. So it it would be there between let's say some hundreds or up to up to some thousands okay. uh, of, of accounts yeah. that, uh, for which like uh, it, it is an ideal platform. Wonderful. All right, Marcus. I think that's all the time we can take from you. But I want to just say super much thank you for for taking the time to to speak with me and i hope everybody who listened learned a lot we hope you like listening to us subscribe to our podcast and the ones that we have been guests on and if you have any feedback for us uh, just do let us know and should there be a guest that you think we should be talking to then like pitch us we're looking forward to seeing you